Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Brad and... Wait, hang on a second. Spiracy, why am I doing the intro? Ah, the music. It's just so sad. I don't know if I could podcast responsibly. To be fair, Spiracy, you did pick this music. Yeah, but you picked the year. 1988? 30 years ago? It was all just so sad. We were about to graduate college. Our teenage years were over. Nothing ahead but heartbreak, darkness, and the endless black hole of adulthood. Damn, Spearsy, you're bringing me down. I'll concede that your pick of albums this week is pretty melancholy and screwed up. And I, I know there are some stories that are going to come out of it. But can we at least get through the intro? Sure. I don't see the point, but sure. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. Mr. Mopey and I are indeed going back to 1988, and we're going to give you our picks for two more amazing albums turning 30. When you grow up, your heart dies. Who cares? I care. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and, wait for it, wait for it, the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our show on the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com. And as always, if you love the show, share the links on social media. And don't forget to like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Hey, everyone. We have done a series of shows like this traditionally throughout the storied history of Stuck in the 80s. We... We go back 30 or 35 years based on whatever year we're in. And so, sadly, we are stuck talking about albums from the end of the 80s right now, 1988. Brad, this is... Yeah. I don't think I was... I don't think I was exaggerating too much when I say that this was just not a great time in music, at least not to our ears. Uh, you know, there are albums that I had to pick from for this week, but it's not like the glory days. Uh, you know, what, what you and I think of as the glory days of like 82, 83, when there's just all this amazing stuff that's hitting us. Uh, next year will be tough to do these shows, I think. <laughs> we might have to quit next year. The, the thing is... 88, it brings on, okay, you've got in the Debbie Gibsons and the Tiffany's. Right. And hair metal. And you're about Your ready to start boy bands are coming grunge. on. Yeah. And so it's just not, just not our style. We were, we were, we were clamoring for something from six or seven years ago at this point. And probably what I was listening to uh, is not the albums I'm going to talk about today. Yeah. I was probably still listening to the old stuff. You were digging into the, the back from catalog of bands that you had fallen in love yeah. with in the earlier 80s and things like that right so brad and i are each going to pick one album from 1988 that means something to us personally and uh if you're not into those albums 
here's my pitch to, to at least listen to the rest of the show. At the end of the show, we got some news that probably affects everybody. And then Brad's got an idea that hopefully will affect many of us. So, so don't give up on us just yet when we start going morose here in a minute. Uh, it's not all It's uh, not Brad, all down. It's not all down. I'm on the show. Come on. Showtime Brad is here. We're going to make the best of it. Yeah. It's just going to be one of those shows. What can I say? We're going to make we're going to have some fun. We're going to play some tunes. We're going to have some beverages and we'll all be better for it at the end. Brad, what is your pick for album of 1988 that you want to celebrate today? I'm going to lead in today with Susie and the Banshees 1988 album Peep Show. Peekaboo. I know. This is such a great, fun song. And it's. Susan the Banshee's kind of turned a corner with this album. Um, well, we've talked about this a lot, kind of indirectly. We've never talked about the whole album. But this is a follow up to Through the Looking Glass, which was out the year before. And is like. It's all covers, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've pulled several of those for our shows that we talk about covers because I really like the album and I think they did some interesting stuff. But. Uh, Steve Severin said at the time that Peep Show came out, he said, it forced us to check out a lot of songs from other people and see how they were constructed. They were really simple songs, unadulterated, three or four chords. That experience made us look at how we write, that maybe our song should be more straightforward. And from that point of view, it was a really excellent project. Uh, There he's talking about Through the Looking Glass. And I think that clearly gets reflected on Peep Show. The songs are poppier. They're a little peppier. They're a little simpler. They're a little easier to kind of get your head around. I mean, did you have friends in the early 80s that were in the Susie and the Banshees? You know, it was really cool to like Susie and the Banshees in the early 80s, but but they were one of those bands that came up about the same time as the Sex Pistols. Yeah. And so when you talk to – when you interview British musicians over the years, the the band they always name-check seeing are, are Sex Pistols and Susie and the Banshees. And so if you were a cool goth guy <laughs> – I, you kind of had, had to grab onto this <laughs> band, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I have one really good friend from high school, from the high school era, that was a Susie and the Banshees fan. And I'm, I was like, you know, I feel like Devo is as far as I could take it. Like, I didn't think I could pull off being a Susie and the Banshees. Like, I didn't get the music. And like, it just was like, I mean, there's weird and then there's capital W weird. And some of that stuff was just, I, I mean, I like some of their earlier stuff now. But at the time, I was just like... I don't think I can pull this off. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. You had to have a certain, uh, for lack of a better cliche, a, D- a certain a certain arrangement of your DNA yeah. to kind of kind of really be a hardcore Susie and the Banshee fan. I really don't think we're going to get a lot of emails from people who say, "Oh my God, how could you? How, how, how wrong you, you are, Williams?" <laughs> well, that's fine. Please tell <laughs> yeah. me if I'm wrong. They I were would so like mainstream to, to me. I would like to learn. But uh, they were on MTV every yeah, five seconds. Yeah, exactly. No, they weren't. But this album changed that. This album, this uh, that song specifically was on MTV quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and you know this album, it just kind of straddles that rock pop line. You got songs like that. You, you've got an honest to god, straight up Susie and the Banshees ballad, "The Last Beat of My Heart," which is a lyrically is a beautiful <laughs> song. I know it sounds like a Spearsy special, but it is a beautiful song. <laughs> 
God, I thought I was going to have the most depressing picks today. Well, I, see, I'm, I really I'm playing feel... this up. I'm playing it up. It's it's a poppy, upbeat, happy, sad album. Believe it or not, well, I, actually, this isn't surprising. Critics loved this album. And I think Susan the Banshees are kind of a critical darling in a lot of ways, but critics loved it. And Melody Maker called it a brightly unexpected mixture of black steel and pop disturbance. Which is just, oh, it's just delicious. I love it. I wish I could write something that good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, it's really nice. The, I like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? The UK music magazine Q gave it five stars and said, Peep Show takes place in some distorted fairground of the mind where weird and wonderful shapes loom. Like, oh. Oh, that's really good. I know, right? <laughs> they should write songs. They should. So let me give you a second track off of this. And it's a little lazy, maybe. I'm going with another single off of the album. But my favorite song on this album is The Killing Jar. <laughs> That's another happy upbeat Yeah, tune. it sounds a little sinister, doesn't it? It sounds a little sinister. What they're talking about is the jars that are used to kill butterflies before they're mounted. So right. that is pretty dang goth. I will admit that. I really like the strings in this. They had added another member of the band. This is the first album that they recorded as a quintet to play strings. And they had kind of avoided strings and arrangements before that because they didn't think they could play them live. But the I just I love the kind of the groove on this song. It just kind of rolls along. It's one of my favorite Susie and the Banshee songs. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good it's a good album to pick. It's a good it's a perfect representation of an album that came out this year that maybe kind of it just didn't fit with the other stuff, you know? And yeah. so maybe that that's why it stands out and the critics love it so much. But, but they also love it because it's a great album. Yeah. You don't, They don't really get their due as much anymore. Like, if you listen to First Wave on SiriusXM, which I never name check anymore, good reason why. I, I don't listen to it anymore. It's not. It's nothing personal. It's just that I got to drive in my car for like two hours a day, and I can't listen to two hours of music have, a day. Have you pivoted to podcasts? Yeah, I just listen to podcasts and audiobooks now. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm like, I'm not trying to make a pitch for our sponsor, but in the old days, I had like a 20 minute commute, and first wave would come on, and Susie and the Banshees would come on, and I would, whatever it was. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Unless it was I Am the Passenger, which I just was like, <gasps> okay, I've heard enough of that song. You take that but, back. That song is, a, <laughs> is brilliant. Ah, uh, just played it. Just played it so oh, much. The horns. Oh my god, the horn. Line up. Never get sick of that. Stop playing the song. Okay, so other than so. that, yes. <laughs> so hey, let me hit you with a little trivia here. Do you know who the original drummer from the the first nineteen seventy seven incarnation of Susie the Banshees was? I I. Well, should I know? Let me put it you that will way. Be, Are you hit you me will you so? will know the name when I give it to you. Okay, go ahead. Sid Vicious. What? Yep. No, I didn't see that one coming. And the original guitarist. Now, Susan the Banshees kind of infamously has gone through 10,000 guitarists. I think Robert, well, I don't think. I know Robert Smith was their guitarist for a couple of stints, too. But their original guitarist nice. was Marco Peroni, who you probably know better from Adam and the Ants. Yes, that makes sense. I mean, I can see where all those groups would kind of feed off each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It was there. It was their heyday. They were all at the club. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Come play a set with us. Um, so that's my pick, my primary pick for this week. I, I'm going to just real quick squeeze in my honorable mention that I was really tempted to talk okay. about today, but I didn't want to make you too mad, Steve. My honorary Fire mention away. was is U2's Rattling High. And I know, I know this album is the middle of the beginning of the end for your love affair with you two. And I also know yes. the critics were not really that fond of it. They called it pretentious and calculating. But I really like it. I think there's some really good material on this album. Um, and I have like the I, I, I would I would say at the time my favorite song on the album was Desire, which I just think is a really <sighs> great song. You may disagree. You could be you know opinions. You know what opinions are like. But my favorite song on this is All I Want Is You. It's just, it's beautiful. That's all I'll say. It's beautiful. Yeah, I I remember this album being out and people playing it and me just wanting to go over to the record player and be like, anything else? Can we just discuss anything else other than this album? And I don't know why I was being such a jerk. You were just done. I just, you were done. I was, I'd had my fill. You know, it's like, yeah, I love pizza. I do, but I can only have so many slices of it, and then suddenly I start to feel ill. <laughs> and I think come 1988, Spearsy yeah. was full of pizza, man. Yeah, you two had reached peak saturation with the movie promotion and, yeah. and this album. But I, I will ask you, gentle listener, to go back and, and just, just put it on and, and hit a couple of the tracks. I, I will say there are songs in there that I don't ever need to hear again. I'm not a big fan of Angela Harlem. Go ahead and shoot me now. Thank you. But I really like a lot of the material on this. So yeah. anyway. Trust me, they, everyone who listens to this show probably has it still somewhere, like in a CD rack. It's gathering. It's got like two inches of dust on it now. And yeah. They're going to pull it out because you asked them to. And they're going to look at it. And they're, they're going to think go, about it. Mm, mm, nah, we're going to put it back in the rack. You know, I hadn't seen the movie until maybe five years ago. I saw it for the first time. Duh. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. So I don't know why I'm... I, was, I guess the, the beginning of Prickly Spears was just happening about that time. And I just... You like what you like, yeah. You know, no, it either connects or it doesn't connect, I, I, and, and and Rattle and Hum didn't connect. Yeah. So anyway, hey there, Stuck in the Eighties is happy to announce a new sponsor, and it is a name you know. It's Audible, the best source for audiobooks, so you can spend your time more wisely. Like I just told you about being in the car, Ooh. not listening to the radio. Aha. We're thrilled to announce that there's a new program called Audible Originals which are exclusive titles created by storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Here's the deal. This is how I do it. This is the package that I get from Audible. I think, I think you'll like it. Every month, I get one credit good for any audiobook I want. Um, this month, I'm listening to Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yeah? His uh, autobiography. Yeah. Oh, nice. Just started it. Let me know how that is. So far, so good. Plus, you get two Audible originals. And that comes from a changing selection that you can't really get anywhere else. You also have access to uh, audio fitness, health workouts, all this really cool stuff that's created especially for Audible members. Why does Stuck in the 80s partner with Audible? Two reasons. 
like I've said before, I'm in the car for two to three hours a day. Actually, I was in the car for three hours on my drive home yesterday. I got to hear a lot of Bruce Springsteen. Even Bruce Springsteen was tired of talking by the time I got home. <laughs> <laughs> and because Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks, and I need, like, I need, like, to quote Sean Connery in uh, Hunt for October, you know, let's give this American a wide berth. Uh, last week I finished the uh, Phil Collins autobiography, which, by the way, highly, highly recommend. Phil reads it himself, and I, I almost want to go back and, and listen to it again, but I think that's just kind of lame. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> listen to Springsteen instead. Anyway, here's the deal: Audible offers you 30 days to try their service for free, which includes your choice of any audiobook plus two of the originals. You get your first book free. How do you get this deal? You just go to audible.com slash 80s, that's 80s, or text 80s to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 80s, 80s, or text 80s to 500-500. That's 30 days for free, your choice of any audiobook plus two Audible originals. It's a good deal. It will make your life better. It'll make it easier for us to bring you a podcast every week. That's pretty important. And life is just better with books. Let's get on with the show. So, Steve, I laid you know my one and a half discussion points on you. Now, now bring the pain <laughs> to me. I, w- I want the sadness. I want the unbearable pressure upon <sighs> my shoulders of whatever you're going to grace us with this week. Okay. Well, obviously, from the beginning of the show, you know where I'm going. Here's this f- infamous tune from Tracy Chapman's self-titled album from 1988. So so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before, and your arm felt nice wrapped round my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. Of course, that's fast car. Um, oh, it's so good. It still is. It's just so good. Tracy Chapman. For those of you who've been living under a rock for the last thirty years. Multi-platinum songwriter, four-time Grammy award-winning artist. Uh, But back in the late 80s, she was just like a lot of us. She was just a university student. For her, she was at Tufts outside of Boston, I believe, right? Yeah. And she liked to sing in coffee shops. And then one day, a fellow student who was organizing a protest against apartheid and who just happened to have a dad in the recording business heard her sing, and one thing led to another. Now we have the 1988 self-titled album, Tracy Chapman. Did you have this album, Brad? Did you own this one, or just was it just one of those things you just heard on the radio? I did not own this, and I will say I listened to it probably in its entirety for the first time just the other day. I mean, I certainly know the hits on wow. it, and it blew me away. It yeah. is amazing. This is not the, uh, this is not the kind of music I listen to. I'm not a folk guy. Uh, no, but it's her voice is just. Her voice and the it's just this kind of sparsely instrumented as yeah. folk music is. You know, I'm not telling anything you don't know, but it's just really well put together, and she is just so strong on this album. So here's how I came to know her and this album, and it wasn't in the '80s; it was the early '90s. Uh, my second job was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I worked for the newspaper in that town. And I left Tampa Bay where I grew up and I had a job, but the job had gone sour and I, I needed another job and I wanted to work for a daily newspaper. So I went to Jacksonville. I don't know. You're familiar with Jacksonville. I've Have never ever been, been there, there though. No. Seems like a place to not it's, go. Yeah. It, it really is a place to not go. 
And I was there for four years. <laughs> for much of that time, I lived alone. And for a lot of that time, I did not date or even have a chance of dating. It kind of actually reminds me of hmm. Brian now. For some reason, I, I just glommed onto this album, and I just loved like the the endless loop of melancholy that she offered. I could see that. I could see how proto and, proto fifties Spearsy in the in his late yeah. mid to late twenties would be like, oh geez, I'm out of school, and this like being an adult sucks, and right. You know. Well, at, at some point during that process, I started dating a girl from work named Molly. I, I may have told this story once before, and it's not to be confused with our previous co-host's girlfriend named Molly. I had my own Molly. That's <laughs> starting to sound weird the more I say it. But so Molly and I started dating, and our first date, I took her to St. Augustine, which is this real historic town that's just south okay. of Jacksonville. And so we go down there and we go into a coffee house and lo and behold, there is a Tracy Chapman like cover singer there basically just doing nothing but Tracy Chapman songs. And she was fantastic. And I knew the songs and I wanted to stay there and listen. So we did. And so just Tracy just spun her magic. (laughs) The the faux Tracy just spun her magic. And so, I mean, it was one of those really great dates, you know, where you just kind of like wander mm-hmm. on to some magical musical experience and stuff like that. Oh. And you kind of think things are really going to work out. And of course they didn't. I'm not, we was one of those weird things where, you know, you fast forward to the, it didn't so fast. I was really just kind of settling into the, like the little couch of happy spears. And yeah. Like, oh, this is so great. And then, you know what and then you ripped it right. You just took it away from me. Well, I was, a, I was a bad boyfriend back then. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I remember okay. Valentine's Day came and we were still dating and I did and it just didn't occur to me that oh that's right I should do something for Valentine's Day. Hey, I got you some Tupperware. It wasn't much better than that. I went to like a drugstore and I got her a half inflated heart balloon. That's all I could find. It was it was oh. like seven o'clock on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> so so Molly and I didn't work out. I still kind of always remember when I hear this album, I still kind of think of her. And and the ironic sure. thing is it's it's an album that almost never was. The record company, when Tracy signed, they couldn't find a producer who wanted to make the album because it, it didn't sound like anything that was on the charts those days. Yeah, it was a complete outlier in so many ways. Yeah. but But they were wrong, of course. Uh, the album ended up topping the charts in Austria, New Zealand, Switzerland, Denmark, United Kingdom, United States. Uh, to this date, it has been certified six times platinum oh, gosh, with I uh, believe sales it. exceeding six million copies in the U.S. alone. And and like people keep covering this, I keep hearing these really weird covers of this song. Like, yeah, it was in fact, it was in a this- like a lift ride someplace a couple years ago, and I heard some kind of weird hip hop. EDM version of it and I was just like no just right. you know for the most part I'm okay with like do do you do what you want to do with it but leave Tracy Chapman out of this yeah <laughs> actually the, the second cut I was going to play it's not exactly a deep cut just like yours wasn't but it is a song that's been covered a million times over this is baby can i hold you but you can say baby At the right time 
Now, this song was not nearly as big of a hit as, as Fast Cars, but it's still connected with a lot of people. Chapman even re-recorded the song in 2000 as a duet with Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> Perhaps you've his, heard of him. <laughs> for his uh, Friends for Cambodia and Tibet CD. And if you're a fan of modern music, and if you are, I don't know why you're listening to our show, I should note that Tracy last month announced that she's suing Nicki Minaj for copyright infringement because Minaj sampled the song uh, Baby Can I Hold You without Tracy's permission. Oh. I guess it's on her song Sorry. I, I, like, like, I know anything about Nicki Minaj. You know, I'm like, surprised you know how to pronounce it. That's pretty uh, good, I'm Steve. not sure. I'm, is that correct? I'm just guessing, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But like you, I do have a uh, honorable mention. In 1988, uh, my beloved band Oingo Boingo released what they called like like your album was a live album. Oingo Boingo released an album that was sort of live called Boingo Alive. Boingo Live was this album that they basically they basically just said, let's go into the studio and perform all our best hits like it's a real concert. There just won't be any audience there. Right. Like one take. Goodbye. Right. Let's just let's just set up and play. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know why. I'm sure other bands have done it. Yeah. People but who don't have money for studio time. You know, like, look, we don't have time for another well, take. Well, just like, well, I think they realized that their songs took on a different, a different sound flavor. and energy yeah. when they perform live. Yeah. Yeah. So they they did it, and when to the, to this day, when you hear the, the studio version or the 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 faux live version of Dead Man's Party, you're probably hearing it off of Boingo Alive. Yeah. Hey, additional support this week comes from Hello Fresh, our favorite meal kit delivery service, because they shop, plan, and deliver step by step recipes and pre measured ingredients to our doors each week. So, Steve, do you remember last time we both decided we wanted those chicken fajitas as our last meal? I do. Okay. It's time to change it up again. I need you to put me down for this week's sweet and smoky chicken cutlets. Cherry jam in a barbecue sauce. Genius. That sounds amazing. So good. I made, the other night I had uh, this creamy mushroom ravioli with with shallots and... Oh, I made it. I didn't even make it for dinner. I made it, and it lasted for three different lunches. Wow. And every day I would heat it up at work, people would just, like, give me the stink eye because it just <laughs> smelled so ridiculously good. Like, even I just wanted to smell it. I just wanted to, like, put it over my head. Anyway, I want to see the uh, the, the recipe for this uh, cherry jam and a barbecue sauce. Yeah, it was really good. So the thing that's really so cool about HelloFresh is you choose your meals from a, a lot of amazing options, like Brad and I are always talking about. Every week, the makings for your meals, they arrive at your front door in a recyclable box, and the food inside is fresh and cold, thanks to the ice packs and some amazing insulated packaging. And you adjust your account online using the easiest website you can imagine. You just choose your own delivery date. If you need to take a week or two off, it's not a big deal. You just click the button that says, skip week, off you go. Right. They don't like try to give you the guilt trip or anything. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. 
they send you reminders that hey, if you if you still want to order for this week, now's you know the deadline's today, stuff like that. Because you're a listener and stuck in the 80s, you get a brand new special deal. For a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Radical60 to get started, and then use the promo code Radical60 when ordering. That's HelloFresh.com slash Radical60, and then use the promo code Radical60 when ordering. You know what I want to order up right now, Spearsy? The Sadies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is, I want my mystery TV theme song. I feel like there's two more words I should say. So either song, that or less theme. mystery. <laughs> mystery of mysterious, mysteriousness. Yeah. You know, I, I, was just, I was just looking at my microphone right now, kind of oddly in a weird way. And I'm trying to judge how close I should be because I know last week's show on the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, when I was listening to the audio... It sounded like I had just run a marathon or something. You are a little just, breathy. Uh, uh, you know, maybe, uh, that's, maybe that's my fault for not cleaning you up more. No, no. It's, I don't want to I, sound don't like know. robots I, doing the podcast, though, so I try I, to leave some things in. I was, I was, I was worn out because I had seen the movie. I, I got a sub from Wawa, like a, a smoked turkey and gravy <laughs> sub. Oh, lunch. no. Oh. And doing putting gravy on sandwiches. Yeah. And I washed it down with like a Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Maybe that was to blame. So, anyway, uh, you know that's a vile. I just, I was having a weird Sunday. What can I say? I I just spent like the last two hours crying my eyes out to a a movie about Queen. I I can't even say Queen now without wanting to get all teary. Anyway, uh, you know the drill by now. We will play a snippet of a. TV theme song from the 80s. If you get it right, turn it into the drawing for a stuck in the 80s bottle opener. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, we should bring some of those. We should order extra ones for the cruise. I probably will need small. to pick some more up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to run months. out before then, I think. So, yeah, I'll order We're some at more. The four month mark. For the oh, my cruise. gosh. So, time to start getting serious. You're not kidding. Anyway. Oh, by the way, there's a promo code for the cruise. It's stuck eighty, and it gets you eight hundred dollars off a balcony room, or a thousand dollars off a concierge room. Nice, so that's righteous bucks, man. You could use some of <laughs> anyway. the savings to purchase refreshing adult beverages for your favorite yes. podcast co-hosts, or Steve and I, if they're not on the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's just mean. Anyway, apparently we started a seggy here. Pay attention. Here was the clip the last time we did this seggy. That's the theme song to The Jeffersons. I don't know why, but growing up, this was always on television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even I have seen the Jeffersons, which is you know unusual for this segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I had to look it up because I thought, well, that's a '70s show. It actually started in '75 and ended in '85. Did it really run for ten years? Holy ten crap. years! That's a lot of Crazy, moving on huh? up. That is a lot <laughs> of moving on up. 
I would think you would have exhausted plot points long before then. Yeah, no kidding. So when I hear this song, do you remember the um, the documentary that they did when around Sting's first solo album called Bring on the Night? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so there's this, there's a scene in Bring on the Night where Branford Marcellus is given Sting shit. He like opens up the paper and there's an article about how young Sting rose from humble circumstances and he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, the George Jefferson of England." And they start doing the Jefferson. Oh, that's funny. Song. And Sting is obviously pretty perturbed about like, "All right, okay, you've had your fun. Let's get back to work now." Like this isn't as funny as you think it is. And it's just it's a hilarious moment in that movie. I have to check that out again. I haven't seen that in forever. Oh, I, used to, I think uh, I still have a VHS tape of it. Not that I have any way to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, read some of the winners. Winners this week include everybody who listens to the show. Nobody was fooled by this. Okay. Well, technically, there were a specific list of people that emailed in, and they are as follows. Joseph Perdue, Tim and Toadsuck, Peter Ryan, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Tommy Doucette in Boston, Tom Corn in Austria, Alan Titus, Keith in Houston, Charles from Yorktown, VA, Mark the Mailman, John Demacus, Chip from Maryland, Aaron Shirley in Vancouver, Canada, Jason the Cap, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Anne in NorCal, Lynn, who had a birthday this week in Nebraska, happy birthday, Lynn, Dave Parrott, Christian Lopez, and Jesse Elgato Grande Smith. Spin the wheel of magic and let's see who wins a bottle opener. I just thought maybe maybe some people wouldn't get that that uh, mm-hmm. theme song, but apparently I was wrong. It's okay, you I've know. Been wrong before is, it's okay. It's okay to have participation. It's good to, good to engage <laughs> our listeners. I've been wrong at least four or five times. Um, oh, just, just just like just, Molly was. Yeah, poor Molly. Can't remember her last last name. It's probably just as well. Oh, hey, Charles from Yorktown, Virginia. You're this week's big winner. So send us in your postal address, and we'll send you some swag. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. I'm on Nickel of Life for the winners. Sure. Oh, we get mighty thirsty. Would a bunch of guys really go at it this hard just for a beer? Well, consider it's Nickel of Life, and that means a rich, smooth taste you can compare to any beer you like. Those guys could have beaten the Russians today. You think they'd play us for a Nickel of Life? Nickel of Life. Compare the taste. Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper And we're back and we have a few minutes left We both have things to float by you We have some stuff to go over <laughs> Brad, why don't you go first? Okay, last weekend, actually the day I went and saw... Um, bohemian rhapsody i ran a 10k in the morning uh, nice. i do i do a little bit of running i do, don't do as much as i should but the thing that i find that is really the hardest for me is staying motivated to do it 
because I don't generally I can't find people. This is all. This all comes back to being about me. I can't find people to train with, or, and I know that if I had some people that I was training for an event with, that I would they would hold me accountable. That I would be more likely to get my sorry butt out of bed in the dark, dark, uh-huh. cold morning and go for a run. So I thought, hey, I bet there's some people out and stuck in the '80s nation who might also benefit from this sort of group motivation. So I wonder if there's any of you listeners that would be interested in doing a virtual 5K or maybe 10K event like sometime in, I don't know, like early January. You know, you would train and get ready where you are. You could do it on a treadmill. You could do it wherever you want. And then we would kind of self-report that we had done it. And it's not like pay to enter or you're not going to get a t-shirt. You probably won't get a medal. I don't, I don't see it being that big a deal. But I just thought it might be fun to see if there were some listeners that would be interested in, in setting up a group like that. So if you are, <laughs> shoot me an email at brad at sit80s.com or send it to Steve and he'll see if he can remember how to forward them. <laughs> we could uh, create a special like certificate participation with our logo oh, and stuff that you know absolutely s- send that you to can everybody print it out yourself <laughs> yeah we'll send you the pdf basically uh, yeah <laughs> I, I don't know funded. what shape this would take i don't even know if anybody's interested maybe this is just a stupid idea that i had the other day but no, i thought I, it would like be it. it could be fun could be fun you know get yeah, us all off the be. couch because this is a time of year that is it's hard for me to get motivated to do any exercise because we've all got so much stuff going on you're coming into the holidays I need a little help from you 80s nation i need a little pressure from you and i will provide some pressure in return positive peer pressure bad. good peer pressure yeah. that's the only kind we offer here here's my news it's not an idea so much as it is a, a news announcement for the last 13 years the stuck in 80s blog which is a companion piece to the podcast has been hosted online by my old newspaper, the Tampa Bay times. They were the newspaper that I started the podcast with. And for the first seven or seven years, I guess it was seven years. Yeah. A podcast and blog for them. And when I left the times in 2012 to come to Orlando, they, they didn't really have any interest in the podcast. So I, Brad and I started doing it ourselves, but they did like the, the blog. And so they've, they have kept it for the last six years. Well, that's going to end in a couple of weeks. The Times told me this week that they're no longer doing blogs at all. Wow. And so Stuck in Eddies will not have a home here in a couple of weeks. So what Brad and I are thinking about doing is redesigning the SIT80s.com site, which could frankly use some TLC anyway. It's true. And sort of reimagining the blog over there and maybe make it a little bit more like what it used to be. In the old days, it wasn't just about reporting, oh, there's going to be a remake of Friday the 13th or Freddy Krueger is going to be on the Goldbergs. It was more about telling stories and talking about the stuff we loved from the old days or reviewing videos that we loved on MTV. I'm thinking about going back to that and making it more... Less news-driven. Putting it fun. Yeah. 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 I mean, more fun. More nostalgia. And honestly, you know, that first, the the original blog posts at Stuck in the 80s at Tampa Bay, that was really where the first kind of community around the podcast formed up. That's where I, you know, I will say met. I met people like, you know, the general and Marissa and, you know, countless other people that I would count as friends now. Yeah. So, you know, if we can catch some of that lightning, just even a little bit of that lightning in a bottle again, that would be great for, I, I think everybody would enjoy it, so... The internet's changed a lot over the last 13 years. When we started That's true. Stuck in these. I don't even I don't even know if Facebook was around. It was it just for college students at that point. 
if it existed. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the preferred communication for people our age. And so people would go to the blog and we'd have online chats and we'd have like 50, 60, 70 messages per blog yeah. item. I don't I don't have any I don't see that coming back, uh, but you know. No, no. But but what I'm going to do is I, I am going to try to continue to write the blog. People who over the years who have asked to contribute to the blog like um Kevin Wench and Dr. Dim and Peter Ryan in Montreal. They'll be invited to participate as much as they want. Uh, if anybody else wants to like write a review of the, I went and saw Bananarama last night. I want to write a review. <laughs> Are you calling you me know, out, let's talk. Did you actually write a review this time? <sighs> Probably not. Probably not. I'm Probably not. You're the king of... Uh, I, I overpromise of, uh, and underdelivered. I'm sorry. Broken promises, that's for sure. <gasps> oh, that, no, it's that, okay. That, just that hurts just me, Spearsy. Just on concert reviews. That, no, no, you deliver me. on everything else. I'm wounded. You deliver on everything. This podcast is blog. over. I'm deleting the website. Yeah. But, you know, it's been a great 13 years with the St. Petersburg Times, which would become the Tampa Bay Times, and I wish them nothing but the best. I have a lot of really good friends who still work there, and they are struggling to find a future for newspapering in a digital world and if they want to do it without blogs hey you know whatever works whatever works for them works for me and we'll continue to um to live life in the 80s at sit80s.com we will continue to you know stop and smell the roses life moves pretty fast we've spent 13 years looking at it i'd like to spend another 13 years at least looking at it some more so shoot me your ideas tell me what you think but in the meantime, I'll be working hard on our new vision, and Brad and I will still be here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Don't you know, talking about a revolution sounds Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Talking about a revolution, oh, no. Talking about a revolution, oh, no. Talking about a revolution.